We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. And the time is finally here. The time has finally come. The 49ers season came to a rather abrupt and unorthodox end today in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles, losing 31-7 in a game where Everything that could go wrong for the 49ers went wrong for the 49ers from self-inflicted wounds uh, to injuries. Obviously, that's the key storyline to uh, mistakes. I mean, it li- I mean quite literally, every, almost nearly everything that could go wrong went wrong. I mean, if there's just a massive list of probably you can cover a whole standard sheet of writing paper with all the mistakes and uh, bad luck and Anything you want to list there for the 49ers as to what attributed to a loss like this. It felt like you weren't even watching uh, a real football game. And obviously it is. The consequences are real. The 49ers are going home. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Um, But just anybody who watched that game unfold and what they saw was just disappointing, to say the least. For a team that's been this far and gone through this much and won that many games in a row, I don't even remember what what the streak ended up being. 13, 14 games in a row. Um, there's not a whole lot you can take away from a game like this that doesn't just sting a little bit in terms of this team, what they were capable of, what they were trying to do. And there was just no way they were capable of any of that, uh, with, with the injury to Brock Purdy in the first drive of the game, everything changed at that, at that moment, like the 49ers were already they already seemed like the luckiest team in the NFL because they'd gone from Trey Lance. And and I say luckiest team in the NFL with kind of like a little bit of like a little bit of sarcasm, but already like it's it's like they're lucky and unlucky at the same time in the way that the season unfolded. Obviously, you, many teams never lose one quarterback. The 49ers lost their first one and then they lost their second one. 
And then during this game, they lost their third one. And then they lost their fourth one, uh, which is just quite literally unbelievable. Brock Purdy, uh, I mean, obviously the first mistake of this game. (laughs) If you want to start breaking it down, the first mistake of this game was not challenging Devonta Smith's uh, catch on fourth and four. Now, I will say this. The NFL is supposed to have officials that are not on the field that watch the game and see every angle as it's happening in that moment, and they can pause the game at any point and review a play. Why they did not pause the game and review Devonta Smith's catch that was clearly incomplete from about two or three angles, I don't know. Why Kyle Shanahan did not call a timeout, it's the first half, who gives a shit, to let them review that play, I don't know. The Eagles ran one play and then scored on the next play on a on a fourth down catch, which was not a catch. You know, plays like that dra- drastically altered the, the flow of a game. And what could have happened after that, we'll never know. And then on the very next drive, Brock Purdy is injured because the 49ers decided to let Tyler Croft, a backup tight end, block Hassan Reddick, who has 16 sacks this year and has and got two more in this game, one of which was obviously a forced fumble. Inexcusable for that to be part of your game plan, especially on a play that looked like it had a slower developing route that Purdy was attempting to target. It looked like a deeper throw. Uh, it wasn't an absurd amount of time that he spent in the pocket, um, but it looked like a throw with a deep developing route and that he was going to target, and Hassan Reddick had already broken past Tyler Croft and hit McCaffrey right as his... his his arm was coming forward, um, hit more of his wrist and, and arm um, as he was throwing, and then pretty lost control of the ball, and in an instant kind of knocked it forward with his throwing motion, and it was recovered by the Eagles. And and then after, right after he, the ball leaves his possession, his arm comes forward and hits Hassan Reddick on the top of the helmet. I don't know which part injured Brock Purdy's arm, and that to me, obviously it's it's unfortunate more than unfortunate that the 49ers would walk into a, a land a, a minefield like they did in this game. But that to me is, is the biggest storyline from this game is what is the injury to Brock Purdy's elbow? He couldn't throw for the rest of the game. He threw two more passes. They were both like screen passes. One of them looked like he could barely get it there. What is that injury to Purdy going forward? Is it going to require surgery? Is he going to need to, um, is he going to need to, spend the offseason rehabilitating an injury rather than preparing for what could have been his his starting role. Let me I okay, I'm I'm checking Twitter in the moment just to make sure. First tweet I see is from Brian Witt saying please don't need surgery Brock. I'm just looking to see if anybody had tweeted about Here's Niners Nation saying Shanahan said, I, I decided to record this podcast even before the press conferences. I just wanted to get into it. Um, I know you guys are probably in a mood where you don't necessarily want to hear about it. Um, Kyle Shanahan decided not to challenge that play after the scoreboard didn't show anything. Obviously, he wishes he had in hindsight, but he didn't want to waste the timeout that early. That problem with me, problem with that to me, that logic is it's a first half timeout. You get three or more of them at the second half. Uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure that you you get, you know, if you lose a challenge slot, but so I'm kind of just scrolling through the tweets, making sure that 
there was nothing, no big changes in terms of Brock Purdy's injury. Mm, doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like it. Okay, I'm sorry to kind of hold you guys up like that, you know, but I'm just making sure that nothing was put out while I'm literally recording this. Um, that changes what I'm saying. So no injury news that I could see on Brock Purdy yet, but that to me is the story moving forward is how is Purdy's elbow? Um, will it require any extensive recoveries during the offseason? We'll find that out soon. Um, even though the season is, is over, I, I mean, I'm still going to be jumping on here. So the moment we get that news, it'll, I'll make sure it's brought up in the pod. But once Purdy's went down, I mean, that was it. You can, you can, you can, you can get lucky in the fact that, I mean, you're unlucky in the fact that you ever got to your third string quarterback, but then you're lucky in the fact that your third string quarterback just happens to be pretty damn good. And then you're back to unluckyville when the, when your third string quarterback gets hurt in the game to go to the Super Bowl. And hurt bad enough to where, and I don't think anybody on that team quest is questioning Purdy's toughness at all. That doesn't didn't seem like the case. The dude had an entire like wrap and ice bag on his arm, standing on the sidelines. Every something's clearly hurt. Seemed like like a nerve and tendon thing. We'll see. Um, but he couldn't come in. So Josh Johnson comes in, and Josh Johnson looked like a fourth string quarterback. Um, that to me lended a little more credibility towards the impressiveness of what Purdy's been able to do because Johnson came in and despite, you know, having about 15 more seasons in the NFL as a backup, um, just looked, um, it's the best way to put this unusable, just all the way up until the point where he lost control of a, a, a snap. And then he, so he fumbled the snap that hit him right in the hands. Then he tried to pick it up and essentially fumbled it again because he couldn't get a good grip on it and then tried to just jump on it and then fumbled it again and just pushed it away from himself and the Eagles recovered it. He ends up getting taking an, a, a sack. I want to say it was from Hassan Reddick again. Um, might not have been because I know Hassan Reddick had the other fumble where he almost ripped the ball away from Johnson. I mean, we're just going around in circles at this point. Johnson's sacked, or, or he's hit, and his head hits the back of the turf. Looks like he suffered a concussion at first. He was actually hit while he was throwing as well. And I think it was by Hassan Reddick. He just got the throwaway. Um, I thought in, 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 in at the first point that he had injured his, injured his arm because he hit him in the exact same way he hit Purdy while he was throwing. But in reality, I believe he was knocked out because a player was standing over him, offering his hand to help him get up. And he did not extend his hand. He kind of just like sat there like he was trying to sit up but couldn't do it. So scary sight. Hope Josh Johnson's okay. But in terms of what we saw from the game, um, the, there was just almost no chance of the 49ers moving the ball with Johnson at quarterback. And then you start to look at everything as a whole. I mean, I've got the little – we've already talked about most of these notes here. I mean, Dre Greenlaw – seemed from a, a, an initial viewing like he had the absolute worst game of his career, not to mention some some poorly timed penalties. Um, he had a face mask at, at one point late in the game. I want to say that was at the end of the first half, if I'm not mistaken, um, after Josh Johnson's fumble that gave the Eagles an automatic first down right up next to the goal line. They would score, I want to say, on the next play, if not right after that. Uh, he also got flagged for trying to punch the ball out well after the whistle. Um, 
it, it really just unfolded for the 49ers. The 49ers made bad decisions, whether you're talking about players on the field, not challenging plays. Um, they had an unbelievable amount of bad luck. Uh, there was bad officiating. I, I thought a lot of those calls were just pretty, just plain bad. Um, the 49ers started unraveling towards the end and bad discipline. Now, I don't blame them at all for a lot of the frustrations they showed at the end, especially Trent Williams ending a fight that that it looked like an Eagles player was trying to start. Um, it wouldn't surprise. I don't. I can't even imagine the words that were being exchanged down on that field. But Trent Williams went up and, and put him on his ass and got ejected from the game for it. Um, but it was clear that, and what was funny about that 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 altercation was, I don't, I didn't see the player. It was an Eagles player and a 49ers player's face. I didn't see who the 49ers player was. But Trent Williams came up and just grabbed the Eagles player and deposited him on the ground. And then what's funny is there were a few Eagles players around that watched it happen, and they kind of gave. Williams a little shove, but they wanted zero <laughs> action with Trent Williams. But obviously that doesn't absolve the 49ers of losing their cool in so many different ways. Um, some ways understandable, some ways just lacking discipline. But again, how who am I to judge a team that just sees an entire season of incredibly hard work just unravel in the worst way possible? So, you know, you know that the team needs to do better than that. Kyle Shanahan and those players would say it themselves. But in that moment, it was just, it was rough to watch. Um, the worst part about it is all out about it all. And maybe you guys disagree. And maybe I'm just looking at something through some form of rose tinted glasses, but the Eagles look very beatable. Um, uh, much of the time it looked like the 49ers defense was up to the task. Now there's no question, you know, the Eagles were able to rattle off a 14 play touchdown drive, a 15 play touchdown drive, um, 11 play touchdown drive. There were a lot of penalties in that process that I'd have to see exactly when they were thrown into the mix as far as how they influenced those drives. Um, but it did seem like the 49ers defense was up to the task. And, and at the same time, a defense can't be expected to, to maintain a, a, a level of play when the offense is never on the field. I mean, if you look at the 49ers possessions um, after Purdy's injury, three plays, five plays, six plays, two plays, two plays, six plays, three plays, eight plays, four plays, you know, compare those to 11, 14, 15, nine play drives out of the Eagles. And the defense spent an, an, a, just a ridiculous amount of time on the field. The Eagles possessed the ball almost 40 minutes, 37 and a half minutes compared to the 49ers, 22. So even though the 49ers defense looked like it was up to the task, they were just asked to do too much given the offense could, could, could do so little. But the Eagles did look very beatable. Uh, when the game was still kind of flowing towards the beginning, the defense looked like it was up to the task. I mean, look at Devonta Smith. He only had two catches for 36 yards, one of which shouldn't have counted. Um, A.J. Brown had eight targets, but only had four catches for 28 yards. You know, Gainwell, two catches, 26 yards. Goddard, five catches, 23 yards. The 49ers defense was holding this offense down. Jalen Hurts was only 15 of 25 for 121 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He did He did uh, get in a quarterback sneak. They had a little bit more success on the ground, um, but of course they would, given the fact that the game was basically out of hand for the 49ers and all the Eagles had to do was kind of pound the rock. They only averaged 3.4 yards a carry, though. That's the same um, average the 49ers had, despite the fact that the entire Eagles world knew that the 49ers had to run the ball. Christian McCaffrey, bless his heart, still rattled off 15 carries for 84 yards. 
5.6 yards per carry, one touchdown, which might have been his most impressive play in the entire season. Um, he's had some good ones, but breaking about four tackles and running over a dude to get into the end zone right after your starting quarterback got hurt, that's that's a little special. Um, aside from that, Brandon Ayuk only had one catch right in the beginning of the game. It was thrown by Purdy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a few catches. George Kittle had a few catches. Debo Samuel a few. But in the end, it was just all for naught when the 49ers offense had just finally reached its point. where, And everybody kept calling for all these weird-ass adjustments. Put quarterback, put, Kyle, put Christian McCaffrey a quarterback, run the Wildcat, put Kyle Juszczyk a quarterback, see what he can do. And I get it. You want to see something else. But it, it, at that point, it just seemed like, what the hell are we doing here? And, you know, it, if, if you could you can put Christian McCaffrey at quarterback or Debo Samuel at quarterback and run the Wildcat, but they, you're going to have 11 in the box. You're going to have a, a free safety that's eight yards deep. I, I mean, sure, you could try it. And and they did give uh, Christian McCaffrey a snap at quarterback that didn't work. But it's just not realistic to, to expect an entire offense to completely transform to, in, in their dimensional being and and find success. You know, it, it just – it was just – reaching grabbing for answers and at that point it was it was too much and the 49ers were just despite everything they'd done to get to this point were put in a no win scenario and quite literally there was no way for them to win that game if you watch that game it was just it's heartbreaking for this team they've gone through so much and exceeded so many expectations Brock Purdy included but to have his tremendous story ended because of an injury in that moment it's tough. And there are so many little plays in this game that you could break down mistakes by the defense, losing contain what seemed like over and over offense being unable to protect blocks, you know, offensive linemen just running right by Eagles defenders that they're supposed to block um, a lot of little mistakes. But in the end, to me, it was even if some of those mistakes go away, you don't even have additional points on the board. It just everything was so stacked against them at that point that there just seemed like there was nothing they could do and uh, again it's unfortunate because I believe this 49ers team is going into this game with a real chip on their shoulder being the underdogs in a hostile environment and they had a real shot to beat these Eagles I know the score doesn't reflect that but you just got to understand the turns that the game had taken to make the odds pretty much insurmountable for the 49ers um, so just unfortunate I, I don't think that, that should you know, if if you're looking for for a light at the tunnel, just realize that how much talent is on this team that's still going to be on this team, and uh, you know, you have Brock Purdy who could develop into an, a fine quarterback. You still have Trey Lance that may compete with him in the offseason for the job, and we still don't really know what we have from him. I know a lot of people have kind of hopped off that train, but um, still something interesting to me. And you have all this talent on this team uh, that has a bright future going forward, and. Uh, Unfortunately, that's that's just how this season came to an end, and there's there's nothing that we can do to change that at this point. Uh, now, let's get to your takeaways. Now, I will say, we have an unbelievable amount of takeaways. I'm going to refresh this page. Uh, I'll go back, see how many replies I have here. This may be the first takeaways where I can't get to everybody's, or I might go just very fast. I don't. I, I hate the idea of not getting to somebody's takeaways uh, because you guys took the time to leave them. Now, I did see some of them are not even worth reading because people were just emotional and, and angry, and they obviously didn't get the memo on what these takeaways were about. But 
I'm going to start at the top. I'm going to work my way down. We're going to get through as many as we can. It's about 18 minutes right now. We'll be, uh, we'll, we'll see where we are at by about 40 ish minutes. I don't want to bore you guys with, with too much of the same thing, but we'll, we'll rapid fire through these takeaways. Um, but before I even get started, obviously I appreciate them. This is our last takeaways of the season. We'll do some mailbag stuff. Now that I know that you guys are locked in, in terms of contributing to the podcast, we'll do some mailbag stuff during the off season. We'll get you guys um, interacting with the pod plenty. Um, but I still have to say that I appreciate the fact that you guys have been doing this um, the entire season. And it, it just has surprisingly developed into an identity of striking gold that there's no way we're getting rid of it in, in any way. So let's get into this. This may be my most uh, impressive takeaway performance ever, or I could get injured doing this too. We'll see. Mark Yeshwind. Nothing game, should forget it happened. Doing what we did with a third-string quarterback is virtually impossible. Trying to do that with a fourth-string quarterback is more so. And then when the quarterback gets injured, it's, well, just got to move on. Incredible season, proud of everyone involved. I think that's a great way to start it because it's, it's, it's really all it comes down to. We just talked about it. The 49ers were in a no-win scenario um, unless Josh Johnson is just the hidden gem that no one ever knew existed for 15 NFL seasons and what could what looked like 32 NFL teams um just got to move on incredible season proud of everyone involved those are Mark's words and I think they're 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 accurate Iowa Zach hard not to be depressed with that ending but let's be honest once Trey and Jimmy went down everything else was icing on the cake no real expectations that's where we need to try and be right now easier said than done I agree it is easier said than done but the only thing I even have a slight disagreement towards and it's not even really a disagreement uh Iowa Zach it's really like once Trey and Jimmy went down, everything else was icy on the cake. I think once Brock Purdy established himself as a legitimate NFL quarterback, which I feel like he did, um, there's no way you can just magically replicate the games he put together and, and it all be luck. So it wasn't necessarily icing on the cake, but I get what you're saying and the fact that this was this is all the odds of all this happening are so <laughs> unbelievable. But it did happen, and the 49ers had a real shot to go to and win the Super Bowl. But obviously, that um, wasn't meant to be. The football gods had other plans, uh, cruel plans. Jason uh, Piccioni, don't discount home field. No way many of those calls get made against the home team. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of very, very questionable calls. It seemed like one of those games where the referees just wanted to be too involved. Like, I understand that penalties happen on the field, but it, it seemed like a lot of the penalties they were calling were a little ticky-tack, a little questionable, a little... The 49ers earned plenty of them, but there were also quite a few that were like, really? The block, uh, the roughing, the the punter call where the 49 or uh, um, Jordan Mason was held and thrown into the kicker, and then they called Jordan Mason for roughing the kicker. I mean, that is inexcusable, not to mention not reviewing Devonta Smith's cast. A lot Devonta Smith's catch. A lot of in- inexcusable stuff. Mike McVeigh. Appreciate you, Mike. Um, this was one of those games where nothing went right from the start. Bad penalties from the D-line didn't help. Neither does losing Brock. Happy about the 14-0 run. But this game stings when it's not competitive on to next year. And that's what it is. We are on to next year. I, I understand that it sucks. We know it does. Um, there's just no other way to dance around it. You know, it was just the absolute worst-case scenario at the worst possible time. And the 49ers are just going to have to move forward. Um, at least they're doing it in a way where they still feel like they're a team to beat. They still feel like they're capable of winning that game. They just, you know, with 
Purdy's injury and the way the rest of the game unfolded, there was just no shot. Rob Krager, season starts with quarterback injury and ends with one. All the hype on two best teams in NFC going head-to-head, and we didn't even get a shot after the first drive. It's, that's exactly that's the truth. It's 100% the truth. Matt Rushing, I've been a fan for 34 years, and that was one of the most disastrous games I've seen. The defensive penalties killed any chance the Niners had. Yeah, the 49ers didn't do themselves any favor either. They were clearly losing their cool, making dumb penalties, um, getting called for stupid penalties, making mistakes, um, pushing quarterbacks well out of bounds, uh, face masking a player you're running out of bounds, uh, punching a ball well after, you know, like you're a boxer, well after the whistle. I have no problem with him punching the ball a couple times, but you have to have some sort of situational awareness um, to know when to stop. So, you know, the odds were a million to one. Well, but the 49ers and the the penalties they managed to earn made them a trillion to one. It was it was bad. Uh, Matt Mayoko just tweeted. Let me pull this. Brock Purdy said he could not throw the football anything over five or ten yards after his elbow injury. He's still feeling the pain. He said he has no idea if it's a significant injury. He will undergo an MRI tomorrow. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. And you know there's going to be comments in there. Well, he should have gone in there, thrown the ball five or ten yards. He's talking about his max range was five to ten yards. Like the dude could just not sling it. And you're going to have fans that are like, well, I mean, we could have thrown short passes all the way down. His He wasn't physically capable of throwing the ball any further than that. That means everything, it took everything his elbow had to throw the ball five or ten yards. It's not realistic to expect a guy to uh, endure that. So, guys, if I had to draw up a blueprint of a game that I thought Tom Brady would become a realistic option for next year, that was it. QB offseason should be fun. And I understand that at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? At one point, I thought it was silly to talk about other quarterbacks after Purdy evolved, after you can give Trey Lance a chance to compete. But now that Purdy also got injured, and what the severity of that injury is could drastically change what the 49ers do this year. Purdy could be 100% legit. And they might still sign Tom Brady just to say they've got two of them or three of them at this time. At this point, you have three quarterbacks you feel you can win with. I mean, no one would blame the 49ers. That's for sure. Um, also, he adds, Rob, thanks for doing this all year. I've had a lot of fun with it and loved hearing from regulars. I appreciated this. And I appreciate that comment right there, man. I had a lot of fun with it, too. You know, I, I'm, I've been very picky with co-hosts. I'm not just looking for anybody. It's got to be somebody I feel like I can jive with. But for this season, I felt like you guys were my co-hosts, which is, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So, yes, as you know, I appreciate you too. So, guys, appreciate it all season long. The 22 Niners, how do we get a hold of the scripts? I'd like to know ahead of time whether I should invest my time or not. <laughs> oh, I feel that, man. I feel that. JF, too fresh. Tough way to end the season, but it's been an amazing year. A credit to this coaching staff and the players for a fun season. Let's look to next season when we sign 10 quarterbacks just in case. Bang, bang. Hey, that's funny, dude. Great timing. I mean, seriously, just sign all the quarterbacks and let itself play out. Um, And that's, I think his first sentence is a great way to just kind of go forward. It's tough. It's a tough way to end the season, but it's been an amazing year. It has been an amazing year. And you... I just I feel like you guys should, if you can, give this 49ers team love whenever you can because uh, they they absolutely played their asses off and gave us one hell of a season that I um, am grateful for, man, especially as a content creator. Uh, Nut, 
the Niners lost control of the game when they didn't challenge the Devonta fourth and down catch. That certainly seems like a massive moment. Now, there was that was in the very beginning of the game. But again, there's no one denying that. Little things like that change entire games and the way they flow. But yes, I'm sure that one will haunt Kyle Shanahan. Shane Flores, great season, good story. It could have been magical, but that's all a bit much to ask. Still love our coaches, but I feel for the players the most. They overcame so much adversity this season and were not even allowed to compete on the biggest stage. Really disappointed for them. Um, I think that's I think it's a great comment. And I come at this from a human side so often, given I coach football. I, I could only imagine what these players are going through that have that, that have dumped their heart and soul into this. And like you said, to not even be able to compete essentially on the biggest stage is just it's it's hard to imagine what they're going through. Uh CM, CM CDM 49er. I could honestly take nothing away from this game except that not anyone can play quarterback for this team. This was closer to preseason than it was the NFC Championship game. The best thing to do is head right into the offseason, figure out free agents, draft and pretend this didn't happen. This game was this game was over on the third play on offense. It's a hard truth. It really is. Um and I'm not saying that the 49ers didn't do anything to aid in this implosion, but the moment you lost Brock Purdy and, and and all the magic that had come with him, that's you know, that's it. It uh John uh Stewart said it died in the first quarter, not got a fair chance after that. Obviously, we're all on the same plates. Uh Dougie McVlady, Kyle needs to go, and they imploded, the D imploded and took away any chance at all. Uh, I'm not sure what Kyle Shanahan could do. I, I think this was Kyle Shanahan's greatest season. He's coached with the 49ers. He found a way to rattle off 13, 14 straight win, wins going into the postseason with a rookie quarterback, with three different quarterbacks. With you know, obviously he didn't win today, but he had four different quarterbacks. Um, I would say rather than Kyle Shanahan needs to go, I would say we give him a slight round of applause or acknowledgement that this was his greatest season as a 49ers coach. And he again, for the third time, took the 49ers to the NFC Championship. And and that cannot be discounted. Yes, we all want them to win the big game. But I don't know that, that targeting Kyle Shanahan is, is the way to go. And I wouldn't even necessarily say the defense imploded either. Yes, they lost their cool. They started committing dumb penalties. They gave up longer drives. But you're talking about a defense that was on the field for over two-thirds of that football game. Two-thirds of that football game. Three-fourths of that football game. That is not sustainable. A face in the crowd. Phenomenal season. Once upon a time, we were sitting at three and four. Hated that the season ended like this. But luck and fate is undefeated. We'll be back. That's a great comment. I like it. I think that's where everybody's head should be at. Seems like a lot of you guys are. Eric Fontaine. Man, it sucks ass to feel the way I feel right now. But what a great season. Discipline or lack of it was the key today. Kyle needs to be better at managing game situations. Game would be different. If he throws his red flag. Yep. I don't want to necessarily throw the entire game at that decision, but it was a massive decision. It was a fourth down. The 49ers take over with the ball, with defense, decent scoring position. Uh, you know, I don't want what I really don't want you guys to do because it's just kind of irrational is, is somehow make that not throwing that challenge flag about Purdy's injury. Like, look, it's football. People get hurt. The 49ers have horrible luck at that position. And Eric Fontaine's not doing that. I'm just saying I could see some people. I might even come come up to a comment here in a little bit, but you know, it's rough. It's rough, and that def that challenge definitely uh, stands out. Kevin J, 
Why is no one talking about Shanahan not challenging the catch on fourth down on the first drive? Trust me, Kevin. We're all talking about it, dude. When a receiver jumps on and hurries his team, that's the biggest thing to me. When a receiver jumps up and hurries his team to the line, he knows he didn't make the catch. And what do you have to lose at that point? One timeout, a challenge that you're probably not going to lose that the 49ers didn't use? Yes, he should have challenged it. Not the reason for the loss, but does change the series of events that followed. Yes, yes, it does. Um, Omar Figueroa. What a wild game. Started with a Fred Warner scare, followed by a drop pass that led to a touchdown. Even a wire got involved on a putt play. Two quarterbacks injured. Not the outcome we wanted, but a great season. Starting quarterback next year, question mark. Thanks for the entertainment all season long, Rob. Uh, Omar, you know I love you, buddy. Um, I think I saw something you posted on Twitter or Facebook about you getting a job in Fresno at a hospital. You better text me or something about that, bro, because uh, I want to hear about it. Starting quarterback next year, I'm going to go Brock Purdy for now. Um, I think that if, if nothing major changes, it's him and Lance competing, and uh, the 49ers know they're kind of going into the season with two starting caliber quarterbacks that aren't costing them much, but it would not surprise me at all if that Brock Purdy injury is even remotely serious, that, that even slightly puts into question his status at the beginning of the offseason. It would not surprise me if the 49ers uh, signed Tom Brady. And I think Tom Brady would be ecstatic to do it. I'm not, this is not a report. I'm not reporting this. It just seems like, like, of course, that's what they do. You know, that seems like the, uh, the step. And I'm not, I mean, Tom Brady had a tough season. I'm not necessarily saying he's the answer, but doesn't that just seem like, of course, that's what happens. Uh, Freddie, uh, F Perez, 2231. Hell of a season. It broke my heart. How it ended. McClinchy can't be back next year. Just best for everyone to move on. It's a cumulative, not just today. Too many missed blocks this year. Yeah, there were a lot of missed blocks today, too. Um, uh, you know, even even on the play where Brock Purdy got hurt and Tyler Croft whiffed on Hassan Reddick or got beat up by Hassan Reddick, uh, McGlinchey was also seeming like, seemed like he was getting beat to the quarterback, too, or at least it was going to be close. Uh, Jimmy D. Hurts legs make you wonder what Kyle was or could do with a healthy Lance. I uh, they do. I mean, Kurt Hertz made a few plays with his legs, but he, I mean, he had 11 carries for 39 yards. That's a lot of carries, but not exactly a lot of production. He only had 3.5 yards of carry, but when your entire offense is averaging 3.5 yards of carry, it's enough, you know, and he was able to sneak that quarterback in. So yeah, that was always the question, man, is what, what could he do with a, a, a player like Trey Lance? And I don't know if we'll ever get to see that. And I'm not saying we need to, but it's definitely an option. Thomas Mansell, take away if the opponents are hurrying to the line, challenge the play. Yep. Yep. David, we had to use five quarterbacks here this year and made the NFC Championship game. The league is afraid to give Kyle a steady quarterback. I mean, seriously, dude, it's it's unbelievable at this point how many how unlucky Kyle Shanahan has been. Some of it by his own design when it comes to the quarterback. Donna Lehman. Future is bright for our team. Too many injuries at quarterback this season and too many penalties at defense in this game. Feel bad for all the players who work so hard. Feel bad for us fans that were so excited going into this game. We will be back in this championship game next season. I agree, Donna. I, I do feel like this team is immensely talented. And they're only going to start gelling even more. And if Purdy is okay, uh, he will get better. I am going to check Twitter again just to make sure I'm not um, – I'm not missing anything. Quote from Fred Warner. He ain't, Brock Purdy ain't got nothing to be sad about. He came in and did a heck of a job. He's the reason we're here right now. Um, Just making, just, just moving through. 
just moving through the tweets, um, just trying to make sure. And, and it's really, I could have waited until all of these these press conferences were done, but um, with the game on, I just wanted to get the pod uh, recorded so that I could make sure I have it out in the morning. Um, quote from Fred Warner, we lost. It's crazy when you win for so long, you forget how losing feels. Today, a lot of things didn't go our way. Self-inflicted wounds on defense all the way through. However you want to draw it up, it just wasn't our day. You can you can feel the heartbreak a heartbreak through the quote. Another one from uh, Fred Brock Purdy has nothing to be sad about. He's the reason we got to this game. But knowing no news on Brock Purdy's injury so far, other than a Mayoko tweet that I just read to you guys. Okay, uh, Somos won NFL in Vegas last year was the Rams being the best suitor for their interests. Today refs couldn't hide it. It's it's tough to throw that type of stuff around. So I'll let you guys do that. I don't I don't want to give give too much attention to that. All right, we're at 35 minutes. Let's keep going. Cinema 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 Pigeon Ranger. The takeaway is you have to put real effort and resources like offensive linemen into blocking the opposing team's best pass rushers that lost the game. And I'm I'm a, there were many times where guys were breaking through, but again, my my big thing there is it's inexcusable to have a tight end blocking Hassan Reddick, one of the league's best pass rushers this season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Joseph Wraith, officiating was bad, but a healthy team could have overcome that. Defense was primed to have a big game. This game was over the second Purdy went down. Um, uh, there's a big part of me that that does feel like that. Now, 
I try not to get overcome with, with things like that because, or, you know, opinions like that. And that may as well be true, Joseph. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. It's just, that's something that I've got to go back and watch the game and kind of get a feel for it for a second try, but it really does feel like that. NJ, thanks for the excellent coverage this season, Rob. Hey man, that's nice of you to say. And I appreciate that. Um, I can do more. I'll try to do more uh, as long as everybody understands that um, I'm a school teacher. And now as of Monday, uh, I'm also a baseball coach back to baseball. Um, so there's a lot going on, but I will do my absolute best to always be on here and, and on Twitter doing what I can for you guys. Uh, Matt Baker. This isn't Matt Baker, like from my little brother's childhood, is it? I'm trying to get it to open his profile on Twitter, but it all of a sudden decides it doesn't want to have internet. Doesn't look like the same Baker. Okay. Anyways, I don't think so, but I guess Matt Baker is probably a common name. It's also the name of a main character in a World War II shooter named Banner Brothers. Anyways, strong roster, solid coaching. Once again, it's good enough to win a game or two in the playoffs, but not enough to get the distance. Need to stop September and October. Lackluster play. One more win, and they're in the top seed. Big difference. Um, it it is it has become a thing. The 49ers have put themselves in a position where they needed to win multiple games in a row many times. Now, did they need to win 13, 12, 13, 14, 15 in a row? Um, not necessarily to be in the playoffs, but you are correct in the fact that you know losing to the Broncos, which ended up just sucking ass, um, losing to the Bears, and it's just a weird ass game. Um, those types of losses really kind of you know put a damper on what you're trying to do self hard to win with zero qbs correct um s up arrow three the takeaway is that the team and fan base is cursed that's all that needs to be said hey man i mean if you believe in curses it, it wouldn't surprise me if you believed in them for the 49ers josh get of the penning free agents which do you try to keep losing jimmy ward really suck um that is a podcast in and of itself that might be one of my soonest podcasts is that was not English. One of my the the, the pot one of the podcasts I do the soonest um, is, is breaking down the the players headed for free agency and who would I would keep. But I can probably give you a little bit of a preview. Uh, Jimmy Ward would would be very high on the list if not number one. Um, but I know that Kyle Shanahan is a very big fan of Jimmy Ward, so maybe that they maybe they'll try and keep him around. A A Ron, even with Brockert, could have been a closer game if the refs didn't extend every Eagles scoring drive. Ticky tack calls against the Niners all day. Uh, atrocious. There were a lot of ticky-tack calls, 100%. The 49ers earned some of them. Uh, they did not earn all of them. Um, I'm not sure the game would have been much closer. You still have to produce on offense, and it was just so hard for the 49ers to do that. But that doesn't absolve them of of some of the bad calls. And again, it's you you start getting the sense throughout a game when like there are fouls that are on the verge of should or shouldn't be called and they're being called, you just get the sense the refs want to be part of the magic. And that is never the case. Wames, CMC, a pro ball alternate, so he could make it. CMC is a pro ball alternate, so he makes it now that Sanders is out. Yes, he should. He should be headed to the pro bowl if he wants to, unless he just opts to, uh, to recover if his calf is still bugging him. I'm not sure how long that's going to bug him. John, can't do much with your... Can't do much when your third stringer has to come back in and can't throw when your fourth stringer gets concussed. Worst is being at the game with a bunch of Eagle fans who claim it would have happened if Purdy played anyways. Not a, not a chance. There's, I mean, okay, there is a chance. There has to be. But that game would have been drastically different if Brock Purdy was in that game 
and the 49ers were uh, had a competent offense. It makes it different for the 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 offense. They score points, they move the ball. It makes a difference to the defense who who are not on the field the entire time and then the Eagles offense has more pressure on them to create points. It makes all the difference in the world. I mean, you look at the plays when Purdy was in and the 49ers were quickly right around the 50 yard line, you know, uh, let me see here. Let me get to that drive. I mean, first pass, first play of the game on offense, Purdy has Kittle for nine yards. Did that even happen? Did a throw nine yards? <laughs> there was a, uh, Josh Johnson did make a deeper throw to Kittle. I think it was 22 yards. Um, and then they gained two yards up the middle for a first down. Then Brock Purdy hits Brandon Ayuk for 10 yards, and there's a penalty on Philadelphia for being offsides. That's another first down. Debo Samuel for four yards, and then the play happened. So it, the 49ers were at the 50-yard line in about four plays. So everything that I saw tells me that the game would have been drastically different. Uh, a- AZN North, Asian North. It might be not be Asian, but <laughs> couldn't challenge the fourth inning pass play by Eagles. Great Olsen said the replay angle wasn't available till commercial break, but then Eagles ran the next play anyway. Couldn't challenge. Sucks. Well, th- that's the thing to me is if the Eagles are hurrying to the line, then they know something's up. So just call the timeout anyways. And maybe by the officials will even give it back to you because they know they should have looked at it. I- I- I've seen that happen before. I'm not sure that's the case there. Um, we're at 41 minutes. Let's keep going. Uh, DJ4467, gmail.com. We had no chance. The Eagles won a no-aimed first fight. It was over when Purdy left the game. Props to the defense for putting it all out there and keeping it close while they could. Yeah, and you have to, despite the fact that they had some self-inflicted wounds and they started to lose their cool, you still have to to give some props to the defense for just just putting up a fight. Like, it's so demoralizing and heartbreaking what had happened. But they were still trying. Um, SF till death wouldn't say fall apart. No quarterbacks in the building. Uh, he's referring to the fact that my initial tweet said the 49ers fall apart against the Eagles, losing 31 to seven and two quarterbacks in the process. You know, they obviously had quarterbacks. They, they lost them. They, they both got hurt, but I understand that after that point, they have no quarterbacks in the building. <laughs> um, uh, well, I don't know why this one wasn't there. Okay, Niner Trav. If we challenge that fourth down catch, Purdy, Purdy probably never gets hurt because it would have been a different play call. Also, not sure why Shanny was trying to block one of the best passers in the NFL with a backup pass catching tight end. I am never going to connect not challenging the fourth down to Purdy getting hurt. It's just, it's just not reality. It's not really something I want to dance around with and entertain. Doesn't matter. Um, but the 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 part of this that needs to be a focus. That Kyle Shanahan needs to take some uh, accountability towards is why was the 49ers trying to block one of the best pass rushers in the NFL with a backup pass catching tight end? I don't know how good of a blocker Tyler Croft is, but and I don't know how fast that play was supposed to develop, but it didn't develop fast enough. And and you know when you when you voluntarily put yourself in a in a mismatch like that, there needs to be some like shit we fucked up. Um, Jay Hux, you can't win without a quarterback. Ref sucked, but not the reason we lost. Kyle sucked, but not the reason we lost. I'm all in for Tom for next year, and Brock can back up. Uh, I, I mean, I, it was how would we have even been able to know Kyle sucked? I mean, he didn't do a good job challenging that play, but I can't like hold him accountable for the play calls after that. Like, uh, you know, 
it's it's rough. You he did make some some big decisions, you know, not challenging that play and and the matchup with Hassan Reddick, but I mean we could only beat that dead horse so much. Purdy uh J J fan. Uh Purdy isn't the guaranteed starter. I would agree with that. I don't I don't think he should be guaranteed anything at this point. He's he's only started a portion of the season no matter how good he looked. Um, get him competing with Trey Lance or a veteran you might bring in. You know, I know that Aaron Rodgers isn't supposed to stay with the Packers. At least I saw a quote today saying they'd rather move on, but he's under contract and they're going to trade him and there's no way in hell they trade him to the 49ers. Uh, Santee should have planned for Hassan Reddick. There were times when it looks like they didn't plan for Hassan Reddick. Uh, Jason Sutter, season takeaway, 49ers need to bubble wrap their quarterbacks. No shit. I mean, Losing four quarterbacks in a season is just unbelievable. Carlos, just a disappointing feeling. Just feels like the 49ers could not give their best shot after Purdy went down. I hope it's not a serious injury and he doesn't require surgery. That, to me, is the is the takeaway of the day. Um, not that we're competing. Oh, man, now I wish I would have had takeaways of the days. But that, to me, just kind of sums everything up well enough. You know, just a disappointing feeling. Feels like the 49ers could not give their best shot after Purdy went down. I hope it's not serious injury and he doesn't require surgery. That, to me, is everything wrapped up into one right there. Now, there's other things we've already talked about, but that is kind of the way ahead is hopefully Brock Purdy's not hurt too bad. Christopher Kirby, the NFL and officials need to be held accountable for that game. That was blatantly rigged. I'm not going to say rigged, but there, again, were some calls that just seemed bad, and there were some calls that seemed forced and there were some calls that seemed like they just didn't need to be a part of the game let's duck over here real quick um kc has six points cincinnati has zero it's the top of the second quarter all right we're moving let me see how many we got left i want to know if i need to start really flying through these no we're getting there um well okay maybe those are because there's cuss words in them all right let's get back up here Okay, Cats, the Eagles finished on a 50-minute power play. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great hockey reference. Uh, Mac Photo, outcoached. Uh, okay, I'm not sure that that really has much to do there. There were some coaching blunders on the 49ers side, though. Uh, Arturo Gonzalez, this shit hurts. Whoever is our quarterback number one needs better protection. It wouldn't surprise anybody if the 49ers invested a ton of assets into the offensive line this year, and they've got to make a decision with Mike McGlinchey. And we know how you guys feel about that. CS, Master Chu, you so-called Niner fans talking about Kyle needing to go can just stop. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought we were going a different direction with this comment, but yeah, I don't. Kyle doesn't need to go anywhere. What, replace him with another offensive guy? Kind of like how the Raiders try to play, replace Mac, but still haven't? Or how Titans replacing A.J. Brown with Burks? Okay, how that go with that GM? Uh, point being, okay, here's the end-all, be-all of this Kyle Shanahan argument. Let's say... Every head coach was fired, and the NFL had a head coach draft. Kyle Shanahan would go top five, might even go top three. It, it, no one's getting rid of Kyle Shanahan. That dude coached his ass off this year uh, with, with three different quarterbacks and then pushed his way into the NFC Championship game with a rookie seventh rounder. Like Kyle Shanahan is not a problem. Um, sui generis, Jalen Hurts is severely overrated. Didn't look great. The 49ers uh, were were getting after him. He did enough, but he didn't look great. 
Baca, not the rest fault. Defense played great, but also very undisciplined, both sides of the scale. Going into halftime, about 14-7 would have been fine, but the fumble was GG's. Also not sure what the point of having someone in the booth for reviews is if we didn't review the Devonta catch. Um, yeah, I agree with that. What's the point of even letting everybody know that you've got somebody in the booth that can review, thing, review things, that can see multiple angles, and if you're not sure what the result of that play was, then take an official timeout and look at it. You know, like allow the game to be to continue in the way it should continue. Don't let the fact that the Eagles want to quickly run another play to override what should be the correct call. You know, if you're going to be in a booth and have multiple angles, then tell if and you're not sure of a play of what happened and it looks like you need to take a closer look at it, then pause the game. Um, I, I, I think you also had a good point in the fact that the defense played great, but they were also very undisciplined. I think that's a great way of putting it. They did play great, but they were also very undisciplined and they had some problems. Um, the official was, uh, S eight. Oh, this is another, I, I won't do repeat comments right now from the same, uh, from the same person. Uh, we just, I want to make sure I try to get through everybody. Rain Poncho needed to somehow find a replacement for McGlinchey. I would not be surprised if the 49ers were already looking. Turner Bernstein, just want to say good luck and thank you to the Ryans, Ward, JG, and Gould. Been a hell of a ride. Um, hopefully not all of them are out the door. Um, D'Amico Ryans looks like it's a near guarantee. I know he's the favorite for the Texans' job. Uh, Jimmy Ward, you hope he doesn't go anywhere. Um, he's just a leader on this team and, and seems like an all-around good dude and a solid contributor. Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll see where he ends up next year, but he is for sure going. Uh, I'm not letting Gould go anywhere, but who knows? He might retire. Um, he's been doing it a long time and he's one of the best to ever do it, but we'll see what happens with Robbie Gould. Tyler Hood, quarterback is a snake bitten position for the San Francisco defense. Couldn't get off the field, got frustrated and then self-destructed. It's true. Um, every chance the defense had to get off the field was either, uh, you know, met with kind of a, uh, a freak play, you know, a great play, I guess you could say, or a bad call or, or, a, or a bad decision by a defensive player. It just, it seems like they couldn't get out of their own way and eventually, like you said, self-destructed. Uh, lefty Marlins, Brock Purdy is not the future. Um, I don't know if he is. I don't know if he's not. But a hit like that would hurt most quarterbacks. Um, Matt Guy, the Eagles will lose to either the Chiefs or the Bengals. Uh, maybe they will. Maybe they will. I mean, I feel like the you know they weren't quite as the as much of the juggernaut as I thought they were going into this game or at least the way they looked throughout the game. I really do think the 49ers would have given them the run for their money if they were just able to play a normal game of football. BMAC, undisciplined. Let's stop blaming the quarterback injuries and the refs. Yes, the quarterback situation made it nearly impossible to win. It, it made it impossible to win. Um, unless the four, like I said, unless Josh Johnson was just some diamond in the 15-year rough that nobody noticed. But the 49ers couldn't stop the Eagles' D and SF made boneheaded plays. Um, I don't know if the 49ers couldn't stop the Eagles defense. They were never able to field a competent offense. Um, 49ers made a ton of boneheaded plays. And San Francisco's vaunted defense couldn't stop Philly's rush. Eagles are better. Best team won. Uh, I mean, sounds a little trolly. You know, I, I there were times when the 49ers defense couldn't stop Philly's rush, but they the Philly only averaged 3.4 yards a carry. It wasn't like they were um, tearing it up. Definitely late in the game, the second half, fourth quarter numbers probably ticked up a bit. But again, when you're talking about a defense being on the field for three fourths of the game, you've you've got problems. Phil Caster, well, Shanny sucks again. Imagine that. 
Not sure this is a Shanty problem. Made his mistakes, but we've we've said it over and over. Chip, we're cursed. Pat Fennis, there's only one takeaway. Uh, Brandon Esquivel, the narrative of this game versus the truth. 49ers defense was better than the number one offense in all of football. Uh, one might ask, how do the Eagles keep drives alive and continuously move the sticks? Um, <laughs> looking forward to hearing this tweet mentioned in the pod. Like, you better mention this this in the pod. Um, yeah, it was not, no one was running over anybody. Uh, and nobody was playing hero ball on the side of the Eagles. They did have a few drives where they just put a statement on it, you know, and marched all the way down the field. But again, when you're talking about poor mistakes from a defensive perspective, poorly called penalties, um, just the momentum of the game and the fact that, I mean, the 49ers defense can try their best to get off the field, but then the offense is going to go three and out, four and out, and and they're right back on. So it was just, they were in a no-win scenario. It's, it is what it is. Uh, Yeet, what is the takeaway? We had no quarterback. You don't want games without a starting capable quarterback. Yep, that's that's true. Um, sui generis, fuck the refs. Hey, man, I, I, I understand it. I understand it. Charles Jimenez. Okay, here's here's a great one to throw in here. I should probably shouldn't be giving him the spotlight, but it's not much of a spotlight. You dipshit. We don't have a quarterback. No one can play like that. I I think we've covered that, Charles. Just just relax, man. Go take a knee, drink some water. It'll be all right, man. We're we're here together. Last but certainly not least, uh, Edward Richardson. You set a big example for any kids watching a football game, especially especially after this season with concussions. You aren't too bright. I'm not exactly sure what we're referring to. I guess the reason that Twitter didn't include these these tweets, I'd actually click a button to get them to show, is just because they were the the trolly ones. But that's okay. Um, I'm not. I didn't say anything. I, you said a bad example for any kids watching a football game, especially after the season with concussions. I'm not exactly sure um, what example I'm setting, but uh, I think we all know when when a troll is a troll, not to uh, not to feed him. But hey, guys, listen. That was like 60-something. Was it 60-something takeaways? Was, is that what I read earlier? 70. Now, there may be some that I didn't read because they were left while I was reading those. But um, I, I I don't care. I mean, I care that the 49ers lost. But despite that, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for being such an integral part of the podcast this year. It was awesome. And it's literally uh, changed the face of this podcast you guys have. And no matter what happens moving forward, um, or who the co-host is, just know that this will be the standard moving forward. You guys will always be involved. I will find different ways to get you involved. And it, it just seems like this podcast this season, you know, when, when, when KP was told he couldn't be here because Niners nation and SB nation is incredibly greedy. You can see that on social media and, and the, the press they're getting right now. Um, and then obviously Croc moved on for bigger and better things over at uh, Locked On 49ers. Um, but that was uh, – Croc's wings are just far too big to be held in one spot. Um, you know, when that stuff happens, you're like, damn, what are we going to do going forward? Like, is the you know, should I just call it? Should – you know, how is, what's the pod going to be like without, without its identity. And then, you know, we just stumble upon an idea where you just, Hey, let's ask them for their takeaways. And it just steamrolls into what we got this season. And to every regular person that was in almost every single takeaway or every single takeaway, just know that I appreciate you. Um, your contributions did not go unnoticed 
And uh, it was one hell of a ride. This season was incredible from a podcast standpoint, from a 49er standpoint, and everything they treated us with. Um, it uh, It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, it's been great. And, uh, and I've had just a phenomenal time with it, and I can't thank you enough. But, hey, that's it for today. Those are the takeaways. Um, what I'll probably do is maybe get back on here maybe later next week. I might take the week off. I don't know. We'll see. There's going to be some news that I want to put out there, so probably won't take the week off. But eventually we'll get on here and kind of sum things up, talk about the highlight moments, the craziness, you know, the way forward. There's a lot to talk about still, even though it didn't end up where um, it didn't end up where they wanted. But you got to appreciate the journey, anyways. But and that's the same thing with striking gold. We're appreciating the journey. Um, but hey, all good things must come to an end. That could be said for the 49ers season, and that could be said for this episode right here. Hey, we'll be back on soon. Not sure exactly when. If anything, maybe the the usual time of I'll be on here Thursday evening. You'll get it Friday morning. Um, we'll see what news comes out of the 49ers roster um, after this game. But, hey, I appreciate you guys. You know that. I said it. A podcast can't exist without you. Please keep supporting it. Please, please keep listening, downloading, subscribing, um, leaving a, a positive review if you feel so inclined on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, um, Spotify. But I appreciate you guys again. Thank you very much. Um, before an epi- another episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.